Chapter 6 And now, my beloved brethren, I have read these things that ye might know concerning the covenants of the Lord, that he hath covenanted with all the house of Israel, that he hath spoken unto the Jews by the mouth of his holy prophets, even from the beginning down, from generation to generation, until the time cometh that they shall be restored to the true church and fold of God, when they shall be gathered home to the lands of their inheritance, and shall be established in all their lands of promise. Behold, my beloved brethren, I speak unto you these things that ye may rejoice and lift up your heads forever because of the blessings which the Lord God shall bestow upon your children. For I know that thou hast searched much, many of you, to know of things to come. Wherefore I know that ye know that our flesh must waste away and die. Nevertheless, in our bodies we shall see God Yea, and I know that ye know, that in the body he shall shew himself unto they at Jerusalem, from whence we came. For it is expedient that it should be among them, for it behooveth the great Creator, that he suffereth himself to become subject unto man in the flesh, and die for all men, that all men might become subject unto him. For as death hath passed upon all men to fulfill the merciful plan of the great Creator, there must needs be a power of resurrection. And the resurrection must needs come unto man by reason of the fall. And the fall came by reason of transgression. And because man became fallen, they were cut off from the presence of the Lord. Wherefore it must needs be an infinite atonement. Save it should be an infinite atonement, this corruption could not put on incorruption. Wherefore the first judgment, which came upon man, must needs have remained to an endless duration. And if so, this flesh must have lain down to rot and to crumble to its mother earth, to rise no more. O the wisdom of God, His mercy and grace! For behold, if the flesh should rise no more, our spirits must become subject to that angel which fell from before the presence of the eternal God and became the devil, to rise no more. And our spirits must have become like unto him, and we become devils, angels to a devil, to be shut out from the presence of our God, and to remain with the father of lies and misery like unto himself, yea, to that being who beguiled our first parents, who transformeth himself nigh unto an angel of light, and stirreth up the children of men unto secret combinations of murder, and all manner of secret works of darkness." Oh, how great the goodness of our God, who prepareth a way for our escape from the grasp of this awful monster, yea, that monster, death and hell, which I call the death of the body and also the death of the spirit. And because of the way of deliverance of our God, the Holy One of Israel, this death of which I have spoken, which is the temporal, shall deliver up its dead, which death is the grave. And this death of which I have spoken, which is the spiritual death, shall deliver up its dead, which spiritual death is hell. Wherefore death and hell must deliver up its dead, and hell must deliver up its captive spirits, and the grave must deliver up its captive bodies, and the bodies and the spirits of men will be restored one to the other. And it is by the power of the resurrection of the Holy One of Israel. 
Oh, how great the plan of our God! For on the other hand, the paradise of God must deliver up the spirits of the righteous, and the grave deliver up the body of the righteous, and the spirit and the body is restored to itself again, and all men become incorruptible and immortal, and they are living souls having a perfect knowledge like unto us in the flesh. Save it be that our knowledge shall be perfect." Wherefore we shall have a perfect knowledge of all our guilt and our uncleanness and our nakedness, and the righteous shall have a perfect knowledge of their enjoyment and their righteousness, being clothed with purity, yea, even with the robe of righteousness. And it shall come to pass that when all men shall have passed from this first death unto life, insomuch that they have become immortal, they must appear before the judgment seat of the Holy One of Israel. And then cometh the judgment, and then must they be judged according to the holy judgment of God. And assuredly as the Lord liveth, for the Lord God hath spoken it, and it is his eternal word, which cannot pass away, that they which are righteous shall be righteous still, and they which are filthy shall be filthy still. Wherefore they which are filthy are the devil and his angels, and they shall go away into everlasting fire prepared for them. And their torment is as a lake of fire and brimstone, whose flames ascendeth up for ever and ever, and hath no end. O oh, the greatness and the justice of our God! For he executeth all his words, and they have gone forth out of his mouth, and his law must be fulfilled. But behold the righteous, the saints of the Holy One of Israel, they which have believed in the Holy One of Israel, they which have endured the crosses of the world, and despised the shame of it, they shall inherit the kingdom of God, which was prepared for them from the foundation of the world, and their joy shall be full forever. O oh, the greatness of the mercy of our God, the Holy One of Israel, for he delivereth his saints from that awful monster the devil, and death, and hell, and that lake of fire and brimstone, which is endless torment. O oh, how great the holiness of our God, for he knoweth all things, and there is not anything save he knows it. And he cometh into the world, that he may save all men, if they will hearken unto his voice." For behold, he suffereth the pains of all men, yea, the pains of every living creature, both men, women, and children, which belong to the family of Adam. And he suffereth this, that the resurrection might pass upon all men, that all might stand before him at the great and judgment day. And he commandeth all men that they must repent and be baptized in his name, having perfect faith in the Holy One of Israel, or they cannot be saved in the kingdom of God. And if they will not repent, and believe in his name, and be baptized in his name, and endure to the end, they must be damned. For the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel, hath spoken it. Wherefore he hath given a law, and where there is no law given, there is no punishment. And where there is no punishment, there is no condemnation. And where there is no condemnation, the mercies of the Holy One of Israel hath claim upon them, because of the atonement." For they are delivered by the power of him. For the atonement satisfieth the demands of his justice upon all those who have not the law given to them. That they are delivered from that awful monster, death and hell, and the devil and the lake of fire and brimstone, which is endless torment. And they are restored to that God who gave them breath, which is the Holy One of Israel. 
But woe unto him that hath the law given, yea, that hath all the commandments of God like unto us, and that transgresseth them, and that wasteth the days of his probation, for awful is his state. O that cunning plan of the evil one! O the vainness and the frailties and the foolishness of men! When they are learned, they think they are wise, and they hearken not unto the counsel of God, for they set it aside supposing they know of themselves. Wherefore their wisdom is foolishness, and it profiteth them not, wherefore they shall perish. But to be learned is good, if it so be that they hearken unto the counsels of God. But woe unto the rich, which are rich as to the things of the world. For because that they are rich, they despise the poor, and they persecute the meek, and their hearts are upon their treasures, wherefore their treasure is their God. And behold, their treasure shall perish with them also. And woe unto the deaf that will not hear, for they shall perish. Woe unto the blind that will not see, for they shall perish also. Woe unto the uncircumcised of heart, for a knowledge of their iniquities shall smite them at the last day. Woe unto the liar, for he shall be thrust down to hell. Woe unto the murderer who deliberately killeth, for he shall die. Woe unto them who commit whoredoms, for they shall be thrust down to hell. Yea, woe unto they that worship idols, for the devil of all devils delighteth in them. And in fine, woe unto all they that die in their sins, for they shall return to God and behold his face and remain in their sins. O my beloved brethren, remember the awfulness in transgressing against that holy God, and also the awfulness of yielding to the enticings of that cunning one. Remember, to be carnally minded is death, and to be spiritually minded is life eternal. O my beloved brethren, give ear to my words. Remember the greatness of the Holy One of Israel. Do not say that I have spoken hard things against you, for if ye do, ye will revile against the truth, for I have spoken the words of your Maker. I know that the words of truth are hard against all uncleanness, but the righteous fear them not, for they love the truth and are not shaken. O then, my beloved brethren, Come unto the Lord, the Holy One. Remember that his paths are righteousness. Behold, the way for man is narrow, but it lieth in a straight course before him. And the keeper of the gate is the Holy One of Israel, and he employeth no servant there. And there is none other way save it be by the gate, for he cannot be deceived, for the Lord God is his name. And there is none other way save it be by the gate, for he cannot be deceived, for the Lord God is his name. And whoso knocketh, to him will he open. And the wise and the learned and they that are rich, which are puffed up because of their learning and their wisdom and their riches, yea, they are they whom he despiseth. And save they shall cast these things away and consider themselves fools before God and come down in the depths of humility, he will not open unto them. But the things of the wise and the prudent shall be hid from them forever. Yea, that happiness which is prepared for the saints. O my beloved brethren, remember my words. Behold, I take off my garments and I shake them before you. I pray the God of my salvation that he view me with his all-searching eye. Wherefore ye shall know at the last day, when all men shall be judged of their works, that the God of Israel did witness that I shook your iniquities from my soul, and that I stand with brightness before him, and am rid 
of your blood. O my beloved brethren, turn away from your sins. Shake off the chains of him that would bind you fast. Come unto that God which is the rock of your salvation. Prepare your souls for that glorious day when justice shall be administered unto the righteous, even the day of judgment, that ye may not shrink with awful fear, that ye may not remember your awful guilt and perfectness, and be constrained to exclaim, Holy, holy are thy judgments, O Lord God Almighty. But I know my guilt. I transgressed thy law, and my transgressions are mine, and the devil hath obtained me that I am a prey to his awful misery. But behold, my brethren, is it expedient that I should awake you to an awful reality of these things? Would I harrow up your souls if your minds were pure? Would I be plain unto you according to the plainness of the truth if ye were freed from sin? Behold, if ye were holy, I would speak unto you of holiness. But as ye are not holy, and ye look upon me as a teacher, it must needs be expedient that I teach you the consequences of sin. Behold, my soul abhorreth sin, and my heart delighteth in righteousness, and I will praise the holy name of my God. Come, my brethren, every one that thirsteth, come ye to the waters, and he that hath no money, come buy and eat, yea, come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Wherefore do not spend money for that which is of no worth, nor your labor for that which cannot satisfy. Hearken diligently unto me, and remember the words which I have spoken, and come unto the Holy One of Israel, and feast upon that which perisheth not, neither can be corrupted, and let your soul delight in fatness. Behold, my beloved brethren, remember the words of your God. Pray unto him continually by day, and give thanks unto his holy name by night. Let your hearts rejoice, and behold how great the covenants of the Lord, and how great his condescensions unto the children of men. And because of his greatness, and his grace, and mercy, he hath promised unto us that our seed shall not utterly be destroyed according to the flesh, but that he would preserve them. And in future generations they shall become a righteous branch unto the house of Israel. And now, my brethren, I would speak unto you more, but on the morrow I will declare unto you the remainder of my words. Amen. Chapter 7 And now I, Jacob, speak unto you again, my beloved brethren, concerning this righteous branch of which I have spoken. For behold, the promises which we have obtained are promises unto us according to the flesh, Wherefore, as it hath been shown unto me that many of our children shall perish in the flesh because of unbelief, nevertheless, God will be merciful unto many. And our children shall be restored, that they may come to that which will give them the true knowledge of their Redeemer. Wherefore, as I said unto you, it must needs be expedient that Christ, for in the last night the angel spake unto me that this should be his name, should come among the Jews, among they which are the more wicked part of the world, and they shall crucify him, for it behooveth our God. And there is none other nation on earth that would crucify their God. For should the mighty miracles be wrought among other nations, they would repent and know that he be their God. But because of priestcrafts and iniquities, they at Jerusalem will stiffen their necks against him, that he be crucified. 
Wherefore, because of their iniquities, destructions, famines, pestilences, and bloodsheds shall come upon them. And they which shall not be destroyed shall be scattered among all nations. But behold, thus saith the Lord God, When the day cometh that they shall believe in me, that I am Christ, then have I covenanted with their fathers, that they shall be restored in the flesh upon the earth unto the lands of their inheritance. And it shall come to pass that they shall be gathered in from their long dispersion from the isles of the sea and from the four parts of the earth. And the nations of the Gentiles shall be great in the eyes of me, saith God, in carrying them forth to the lands of their inheritance. Yea, the kings of the Gentiles shall be nursing fathers unto them, and their queens shall become nursing mothers. Wherefore the promises of the Lord are great unto the Gentiles, for he hath spoken it, and who can dispute? But behold, this land, saith God, shall be a land of thine inheritance, and the Gentiles shall be blessed upon the land. And this land shall be a land of liberty unto the Gentiles, and there shall be no kings upon the land which shall raise up unto the Gentiles. And I will fortify this land against all other nations. And he that fighteth against Zion shall perish, saith God, for he that raiseth up a king against me shall perish. For I, the Lord, the King of heaven, will be their king, and I will be a light unto them forever that hear my words. Wherefore, for this cause, that my covenants may be fulfilled, which I have made unto the children of men, that I will do unto them while they are in the flesh, I must needs destroy the secret works of darkness, and of murders, and of abominations. Wherefore, he that fighteth against Zion, both Jew and Gentile, both bond and free, both male and female, shall perish. For they are they which are the whore of all the earth. For they which are not of me are against me, saith our God. For I will fulfill my promises which I have made unto the children of men, that I will do unto them while they are in the flesh. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, thus saith our God, I will afflict thy seed by the hand of the Gentiles. Nevertheless, I will soften the hearts of the Gentiles, that they shall be like unto a father to them. Wherefore, the Gentiles shall be blessed and numbered among the house of Israel. Wherefore I will consecrate this land unto thy seed, and they which shall be numbered among thy seed for ever, for the land of their inheritance. For it is a choice land, saith God unto me, above all other lands. Wherefore I will have all men that dwell thereon, that they shall worship me, saith God. And now, my beloved brethren, seeing that our merciful God hath given us so great knowledge concerning these things, let us remember him, and lay aside our sins, and not hang down our heads, for we are not cast off. Nevertheless, we have been driven out of the land of our inheritance, but we have been led to a better land. For the Lord hath made the sea our path, and we are upon an isle of the sea." But great are the promises of the Lord unto they which are upon the isles of the sea. Wherefore, as it saith isles, there must needs be more than this, and they are inhabited also by our brethren. For behold, the Lord God hath led away from time to time from the house of Israel according to his will and pleasure. And now behold, the Lord remembereth all they which have been broken off. Wherefore, he remembereth us also." Therefore cheer up your hearts, and remember that ye are free to act for yourselves, to choose the way of everlasting death or the way of eternal life. 
Wherefore, my beloved brethren, reconcile yourselves to the will of God and not to the will of the devil and the flesh. And remember that after ye are reconciled unto God, that it is only in and through the grace of God that ye are saved. Wherefore, may God raise you from death by the power of the resurrection and also from everlasting death by the power of the atonement, that ye may be received into the eternal kingdom of God, that ye may praise him through grace divine. Amen. Pressure all around me saying, go ahead, give in. Save your soul for another day Struggling between the enemy and the one only true friend Finding it hard not to slip away But then I hear you softly calling out my name Come unto me And are heavy laden And I will give you rest Take my yoke upon you And learn Okay, my comments for chapter 6 begin right at the beginning, verses 1 and 2. And now, my beloved brethren, I have read these things that you might know concerning the covenants of the Lord that he has covenanted with all the house of Israel, that he has spoken unto the Jews by the mouth of his holy prophets, even from the beginning down from generation to generation until the time comes that they shall be restored to the true church and fold of God. I like this verse because it's talking about the Jewish people and he's talking to them by the mouth of his holy prophets, even from the beginning down from generation to generation. So the Jews today still believe in the Old Testament. That's their gospel. That's their book. The Old Testament is what they are all there. They base it all, all their beliefs on. So that is what is going to convince them in the end 
of the truth of the church of Christ. And the, the old Testament gospel and scriptures are, are going to, uh, you know, reveal themselves and convince them in the last of the, of the, the truth of Jesus Christ. And that is what I like this verse. It says it's the Holy prophets, you know, those, those old guys in the old Testament, they're still talking to them. And today, those are the words that they still base their religion off of. Verse 11. At the end of verse 11, there must needs be a power of resurrection and the resurrection must needs come unto man by reason of the fall. And then verse 15, wherefore it must needs be an infinite atonement. These are the three verses that is the simplest, straightforward explanation there must be a power of resurrection and the resurrection must needs come unto man by reason of the fall. And it must needs be an infinite atonement. That says it all. It covers it really uh, fast and to the point in three quick verses. We are going to cover it more. The whole rest of this chapter talks about this same topic. And it's a great sermon by Jacob, but Right there, I'm going to hit those three verses, and that's all I'm going to talk about. I'm going to jump now to verse 20, and this is powerful. This is imagery that you should stick in your in the back of your mind. It's to me, it's scary, and it should shake you out of whatever whatever sin you're in, whatever thing you can't put down, whatever whatever thing you can't blink at or or, or bounce your eyes off of, whatever it is. Consider these words. For behold, if the flesh should rise no more, our spirits must become subject to that angel who fell from before the presence of the eternal God and became the devil to rise no more. And our spirits must have become like unto him, and we become devils, angels to a devil, to be shut out from the presence of our God and to remain with the father of lies in misery like unto himself. That is powerful. That is powerful imagery. We don't. We don't just. We're, when we die and, and we we die in our sins, we're not just separated from God. We're really we become an enemy to God. In the afterlife, we are angels to a devil. You know, it's not just hell you have to fear. It's the, your results of your decisions make you just the vilest of things, right? Servants to the the. The father of light. I just, the imagery is very powerful there. So that's why I like that verse. It should shake you up. Uh, verse 23, it shows that uh, he, Satan has the power to transformeth himself nigh unto an angel of light. That's, that's again, I don't, I don't really, that's not comforting. Those are not comforting thoughts. We have to test the spirit of things, not just our eyes, you know, it's uh, it shows us what we're up against, and he is a powerful enemy. Verses twenty-four through thirty uh, explain this whole process of and who he is, and how the the deliverance comes through Christ, and the the death of which I have spoken. Verse twenty-seven, and this death of which I have spoken, which is the spiritual death, shall deliver up its dead which spiritual death is hell. Wherefore, death and hell must deliver up their dead, and hell must deliver up its captive spirits, and the grave must deliver up its captive bodies, and the bodies and the spirits of men will be restored one to the other, and it is the power. It is by the power of the resurrection of the Holy One of Israel. So death will be defeated. 
but whose side will you be on? You know, you're going to be in the afterlife. There's, there's two choices. You're going to be either in smoking or non-smoking. You know, when you go to a restaurant back in the day and they'd ask you where you'd like to sit, those are your two choices, smoking or non-smoking. I'm sorry to, no, no, I thought that was funny. So I thought I'd throw it in there. All right. Verse 34. Wherefore we shall have a perfect knowledge of all our guilt and our uncleanness and our nakedness. This to me is why we are saved by grace. You know, after all we can do, we're saved by grace. We know that verse is coming. Wherefore we shall have a perfect knowledge of all our guilt and our uncleanness and our nakedness. So if that is present upon us, if, if, if Jesus Christ doesn't take that as an intermediary, as a, as our advocate and take that away, take that guilt away and put it upon him. Say, I died for this one. This one is mine. And that guilt, that uncleanness will be there no more. I, I, my blood is worth that. I paid for this one. And that is is what gets washed away so that there's no way we could rejoice and praise God if we have a guilty conscience and Christ will take that away. It is his sacrifice that does that. It is why we are saved by grace in the end. And this verse kind of goes along with that in my mind. Okay, the next verse I have is verse 36. When all men shall pass from first death unto, from this first death unto life. When you die, you become alive, you become a, a, you pass from death into life. We look at the other way, right? We're always saying we go from life into death and now we're dead and and a lot of, you know, what is after? What is the afterlife? But this verse flips it. You're going to pass from death unto life. And that is the the viewpoint you have to have. We, how does the song go? This world is not my home. We are just, you know, or, or the other explanation I hear is that I have a body. I am a soul, right? That is how we should look at it. Most of the time we're saying I am a body. I have a soul, but it should be flipped around the other way. I am a soul. I have a body. And this is the way we have to look at our life here, our time on this earth. In verse 38, I include it because the very end, they that they, that they who are righteous shall be righteous still, and they who are filthy shall be filthy still. And then there's the words, I, when I was going through and researching, um, this was the th- words in my father's Book of Mormon. It says, too late. You can't change after you die. After you've passed, there's no, there's no going back. There's no fixing it. There's no, it's the end. It's too late for anything else. Whatever you are, when you die, if you're righteous, you're righteous still. If you're filthy, you're filthy still. So no, there's nothing you can do at that point. There is nothing anyone else can do on earth at that point either. You, nobody's prayers once you're dead can save you. Nobody's baptism once you're dead can save you, if you get my point. Um, let's go to verse 42. And I and this one I underlined just the parts of the verse that make a, a good statement. So I'm going to underline the verse, the words, the righteous. That's the topic. Um, then I underlined the words who have endured the crosses of the world. And then I underlined 
shall inherit the kingdom of God, which was prepared for them from the foundation of the world, and their joy shall be full forever. It's more concise to just pick these sections out. The righteous who have endured the crosses of the world, and you could throw in and despise the shame of it, they shall inherit the kingdom of God. But I don't like all the prepositions and additional. I want a straightforward sentence and statement. The righteous who have endured the crosses of the world shall inherit the kingdom of God. And it was prepared from the foundations of the world. And this fits nicely with Matthew 25, uh, verse 34. Matthew 25, 34. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come, ye blessed of my father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Same statement in the Bible as in the Book of Mormon. Almost word for word. And so... Here's a thought. Jacob was given these words to say in his sermon. And they're the same words that Christ preached. Right? I just, that is significant to me. I like that uh, Christ gives his message through his called ministry. And, you know, Jacob probably didn't know that he was speaking, you know, words that were later going to be printed in red ink. He was given the message he was given and he preached it. And it was Christ's message. It was God's message. And it was the message that Christ gave. And you can find it in red ink. But but Jacob didn't know that. Uh, in verse 45, I underlined the part, uh, last part of the verse, if they will hearken unto his voice. That's an important statement. Um, verses 46 through 50. For behold, he suffereth the pains of all men, Yea, the pains of every living creature, both men, women, children, who belong to the family of Adam. And he suffereth this, that the resurrection might pass upon all men, that all might stand before him at the great and judgment day. And he commandeth all men that they must repent and be baptized in his name, having perfect faith in the Holy One of Israel, or they cannot be saved in the kingdom of God. And if they will not repent and believe in his name and be baptized in his name and endure to the end, they must be damned. For the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel, hath spoken it. Let's turn to Mark 16, 16. And the last verse 50 means more now. For the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel, hath spoken it. He sure did. He sure did in Mark, and he and he spoke it in Matthew earlier, didn't he? So that's that's why I like this. And then fifty-one, this is a topic that gets brought up, and this solves and answers this. And we're gonna this is a study unto itself. But here's the straightforward answer: and where there is no law given, there is no punishment. And then jump down to verse fifty-four. Um, uh, atonement satisfieth the demands of his justice upon all those who have not the law given to them. They are that they are delivered in verse 55. And they are restored to that God who gave them breath, which is the Holy one of Israel. There's cannot, how can you argue with that? You know, uh, if there was no law given, there is no punishment. They are delivered. The His atonement satisfies the demands of justice, and they are given back to that God who gave them breath. But, let's read verse 56. But, woe unto him that has the law given, 
yea, that has all the commandments of God like unto us, and that transgresseth them, and that wasteth the days of his probation, for awful is his state. Now, I underlined the days. Your, the days of your probation. Your time here is measured in days. That really, uh, um, the older I get, the more I realize it's measured in days, right? That's, that's, uh, that's rough. But it's a good lesson to know. Do not procrastinate the day of your probation. Verse 25. For they who are not for me are against me, saith our God. Not much to add to that, right? It's just, uh, for the, if you're not for me, you're against me. So whose side are you going to be on? Verse 27. I will afflict thy seed by the hand of the Gentiles. Nevertheless, I will soften the hearts of the Gentiles, that they shall be like unto a father to them. Wherefore, the Gentiles shall be blessed and numbered among the house of Israel. One of the points I failed to make earlier when we were talking about the Gentiles in that land, it shows our role, our purpose. We're to bring the gospel back to them. We are to be we are to be a tool in God's hands. And who is this about? It's about it's about Israel. It's all about Israel. And so the we're we're looking for these prophecies. We are looking for how we can help uh, and be the the tool in God's hands to bring this about. Verse thirty one. For it is a choice land, saith God unto me, above all other lands. Uh, America sure fits that bill. And the other part, boy, I'm missing a lot of stuff. We're talking all these verses about America and about this land. And what does it say? It says, it says, and he that fighteth against Zion. So we have uh, Zion as a descriptor of America and the land of the Gentiles and this Book of Mormon area. It has to be that the, it's worth noting, and, and we're going to see it in other verses but this is one that points to America as being Zion and describes it that way. And then the last verse is verse 42. And remember, after ye are reconciled unto God, that it is only in and through the grace of God that ye are saved. So we hit some topics there. We're, we're judged by our works, and it is through grace that we are saved. Those are two really good topics to study, and and they both have. There's a dichotomy to it. They they both apply. They both apply in different uh, principles, and in different ways. Um, through our works, we we I've, I've heard it explained that our works are what shows us our own state. You know, our own um, barometer or, or temperature gave thermometer, you know, how, how are you doing? How are your works? They, your works are for you to know your own fruit, your own measurement of whether you are, are on the right track, whether you are doing good. And then in the end, it is still by grace that you are saved after all of your works and either, you know, your barometer there of works is there for you. And when you get to heaven, Christ will say, you know, you did, you did works, you know, but what I'm going to look at is that it is my grace that ultimately absolves you of your guilt. In spite of all that you did, it is my grace that you are saved. And so they both have to do, they're both required. Uh, and it is your works that shows you in your life to you that you are on the right track and the works do not apply to someone else. You can't look at that guy's works and say, they're not good enough. It's not your place to judge. And you can't look at that guy's works and say, 
he's doing great. His works are so, so abundant and look at all that he has done. He must be saved. That isn't for you either. Your works are your own barometer. You can look at your own life and what you are doing and your actions and what you have done for God and what are you doing and what are you, you know, it's all about your works are for you and are for you to understand if you are doing it right and if you are on the right track and it is there for your own guidance. And if you don't have works, that is a, an indicator that maybe something is wrong, something needs to be fixed. So that's all I have for chapter seven. We will work on the next podcast and get it out to you as soon as I can. And when I listen, I can softly hear you say, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are. Yeah.